Hey Jeepers, on episode 219 of the Jeep Talk Show, we'll hear about an epic Willie's adventure and how the owner of a fab shop is helping out a very special wounded warrior. Penny will also re-review the Griffin from Steer Smarts. We'll continue our virtual XJ build, take your voicemails, and share some excellent listener reviews. Cody's back with a grand adventure talking about rebuilding a front axle. I'll talk about vacuum leaks, and Tony's got a question of whether or not it will fit. All coming up on this week's Jeep Talk Show. LD Wright knives are handcrafted in Ohio with the finest locally sourced materials. They build everything every day, carry bushcraft and overland specific. Everything from LTWK builds comes with a lifetime guarantee and is designed from the ground up to be a solid working knife. Find out more online at ltwrightknives.com. That's L-T-W-R-I-G-H-T knives.com. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. The headline reads, Jeep enthusiasts to embark on 2,000-mile journey at 40 miles per hour. And it just goes from there. So we got wind of the story about a group of Jeepers that's going to embark on an epic journey. No, I'm not repeating myself and talking about the Oregon Trail off-road guys. This week, well, pretty much as we record this, this morning it began. A group of classic Jeeps traveling 2,000 miles in 10 days at an average speed of 40 miles per hour. They've given themselves some strict rules, including no interstates, no GPS, and no cell phones. They'll be traveling in eight restored Willys Jeeps, some dating back to the 1940s. Their destination? The Easter Jeep Safari in Moab, Utah. Good destination. So, who's the nut job? I mean, who's the, the genius, I mean, that came up with this whole idea? His name is Phil Norvold. And not only is he one of the coolest and bravest, frankly, Jeepers out there, he's also the owner of Max Built Off-Road in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Now, he and a group of friends have set out on what they have dubbed the Epic Willie's Adventure. And if this ends up at all like John's annual Day of the Dirt Run, well, this will certainly be a trip worth keeping on the radar. It's an annual pil- pilgrimage to the desert, said Norvold. People from all over the country, all over the world, bring their Jeeps, and it's a week-long show. The Jeeps have some rustic characteristics. Guys started restoring their Jeeps back in October and say another one of their rules was to keep things as true to the original as possible. They've done just that. And in my looking these guys up, I found one more little tidbit of information that really takes this whole thing to the next level. Their coolness and dedication to the style of Jeeps is beyond measure. Now, this trip and everything is cool and all, and I definitely want to get the nitty-gritty on that. But these guys uh, bleed true blue blood of America. In a recent trip to find a Jeep for a new build, it was a 1948 Willys pickup. Uh, it was scouted by a friend of his. Uh, anyways, Phil, this is where the story really took a weird turn that I wasn't expecting. Um, the Jeep belonged to a kid that came back from deployment, injured, critically injured. He, he had been a tank operator and was blown up on four different occasions. The fourth time he was hit by an IED. The shrapnel entered his temple and left through his forehead, taking out both frontal lobes of his brain. Phil described the moment he stepped into the house of this uh, soldier, seeing all the awards, medals, and pictures with the president, Purple Hearts, and everything else as just overwhelming. 
This was no ordinary wounded warrior, he said. This was a true-to-life war hero. Shortly after obtaining his injuries, the soldier suffered a stroke that left him paral partially paralyzed. His face had to be entirely reconstructed. He was left blind, and he cannot speak. This hero deserves to know his dream to restore his old Jeep to its former glory has come true. Phil knew that buying this Jeep was not the right thing to do. His wish for this project is to make sure that the soldier knows that his sacrifice is appreciated and valued. This Jeep is not simply a vehicle. It is a symbol of the honor and courage this young man showed serving his country. Max Bilt's plan, to buy, Max Bilt's plan is to buy the Jeep, build it, but then give it back. To make this dream a possibility, he's going to need the support of a lot of us fellow Jeepers. He set up a GoFundMe page to help pay for the things that can't be donated. I reached out to Max Bilt in the hopes of getting an interview, and I was graciously returned a message by their head of marketing almost immediately. I was told that as soon as Phil gets back, we're going to set something up, and, uh, and we'll definitely get him on the air and, uh, and tell this story as well as uh, some of these stories from the adventure they just had. In the meantime, I promised I'd plug their story and the GoFundMe page that they've set up for this. They've already raised over $4,600, but I know with the help of you guys out there, we can get that figure much, much higher. If you guys would like to help out, please visit GoFundMe.com slash SoldierGiveBack. Trust me, guys, this is a very, very worthwhile cause. I want to say big thanks to all of you guys out there who help us out each and every week by submitting stories to This Week in Jeep. If you guys have a response to any one of our stories or there's something you guys think we should be reporting on, by all means, please send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. Do you have a question or comment that you'd like to hear on the show? Just call 530-675-4102 any time of the day or night and leave it on our voicemail. You already know about XJ Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. But did you know we're on YouTube as well? We have often on-road adventures, how-tos for fixing or augmenting your Jeep. Besides, man cannot live by sound alone, right? Come see what we got at youtube.com slash user slash xjtalk. Don't forget to subscribe and make comments on our videos. Coming up on Wrangler Talk, I revisit an old install and let you know if it's still working for me. Ooh, I don't know what that's about. I guess I'll have to wait and find out like the rest Let's of you. See. Let me tell you guys about the 4x4 radio network. The Jeep Talk Show, the 4x4 podcast, Center Steer, which is all about Land Rovers, Muddy Microphones, which is about ATVs, uh, and even the Trail Chasers podcast have joined forces to create a network. We'll be adding more shows to the lineup soon. You can visit 4x4radionetwork.com and listen to all these great po uh, podcasts simply by pressing the play button. There's no better place to get your all of your 4x4 information. That's 4x4radionetwork, www.4x4radionetwork.com. Alrighty. So, um... We uh, are finally getting along to, uh, I guess, the, the, the sexy bit of your uh, XJ build. <laughs> At least that's, uh, that's my take on it. If you know what I'm talking about, we've started a new series here, uh, Jeep Cherokee from Stock to Wheeler. This is part four, and this is basically a virtual build where we'll be discussing uh, uh, the building of a 1997 to 2001 Jeep Cherokee, also known as XJ. Uh, this may also apply to the 1984 to 1996 Jeep Cherokee, but 
It may not. So as always, verify any information you receive before making any modifications to your your Jeep. And it is specific, at least to the the ninety eight ninety nine, because I've got uh, uh, those two year models, and Josh has a ninety nine, so he'll make sure and correct me if I get something wrong. Uh, at least don't how, you know it? At least how it <laughs> how it applies to uh, to those year models. Uh, and I don't think that there's uh, that big a difference between the two thousand to two thousand one, especially when it comes to uh, uh, non. Uh, engine modifications. Anyway, last week on episode 218, we spoke about upgrading the weak factory Jeep headlights and uh, electrical harness. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about the thing most everyone starts with on their build. <laughs> A few people never even go further than this. The lift. This has to be one of the sexiest modifications you can make to your be- beloved Jeep Cherokee. And well, for you new 2014 Cherokee owners, it's one thing that you can't currently do. And if reports are correct, you'll never be able to lift your Cherokee. But we're not here to talk about that vehicle. The 1984 to 2001 Jeep Cherokee is not built on a frame. It, it's it's uh, like its uh, uh, I'm sorry, like its Wrangler cousin, which does have a frame. Uh, it's a unibody. This means the body and the frame are one and the same. Uh, for frame type vehicles, you can also uh, often do a body lift uh, or a suspension lift. This is not the case with the Cherokee. You can only install a suspension lift. Yes, there are those people that have taken an XJ body and placed it on a frame and a drive line from another vehicle, but frankly, if you want to spend enough time and money, you can do just about anything, including lifting the 2014 Plus Cherokee. <laughs> there are several aftermarket uh, companies out there that sell suspension lifts for the Cherokee. Rough Country, Rubicon Express, Rusty's are just a few. I personally went with a Rough Country 4.5-inch lift due to the price. I pressed out the lift, tires, and had just enough money to do both, but uh, not if I had gone with a more expensive lift. If you really want to save money in the long run, buy a good lift and buy the next size up. I went with a 4.5-inch lift, but now I have a 6.5-inch lift, almost Always, people will increase their lift as they uh, learn more about uh, their Jeep's characteristics off-road and need that additional uh, wheel travel or additional tire size. To uh, accomplish uh, what I was trying to do, I needed to replace uh, the 4.5-inch Rough Country coil springs uh, and install extended shackles uh, on the leaf springs. This gave me the 6.5-inch lift. I have replaced the upper and lower control arms with Ironman 4x4Fab.com adjustable control arms and have also installed Rough Country drop brackets. Uh, If I had to do it all over again, I would have purchased everything from different sources. This would have saved me uh, installation time and money in the long run. In other words, instead of buying the kit from Rough Country, I would have bought uh, the the 6.5 inch coil springs. I would have got the uh, leaf springs, uh, perhaps from Rough Country, uh, although I've heard some better things about other, like Rubicon Express uh, leaf springs are supposed to be better. Uh, And uh, then uh, got the uh, control arms and, you know, the various odds and ends and and really built a uh, specific kit that I would be putting together. But unfortunately, the destination uh, that you come to is often uh, the learning part. So, I kind of had to go through what I went through to learn what I know now. So I may not have been able to out, uh, uh, to source all those parts from the various people. But uh, anyway, uh, the the best thing you can do 
to your Jeep, in my opinion, is lift it because it gives you better ground clearance between the lowest portion of your Jeep, which is going to be the bottom of your uh, differential, uh, and it lets you get over things much easier. And, you know, you don't like high centering because that's when you get stuck. So anyway, that's the lift. There's so much more to that. And uh, hopefully Josh and uh, Tammy will jump in here and uh, fill in a few more things. But uh, I'll just give you a little teaser. Next week, we're going to talk about tires. Yeah, there is so much that can be covered with the XJ as far as lift, lift options and the order and that you want to do things in. And, and of course, things that you want to look out for. And there, there's a familiar phase that, a phrase that goes with this, your mileage may vary mm-hmm. uh, because what applies to one Cherokee may not apply to another. And a lot of it also depends on the mechanical condition of the vehicle and uh, kind of its history as well. Who's massaged it in what way and uh, what's been done to it already, that sort of stuff. There's so many factors that come into choosing a lift kit um, that once you finally get to that point, uh, where you're going to buy the stuff uh, is is almost a, a whole nother story. Uh, we can go into a uh, probably take a whole episode just covering different vendors and and things to look out for as far as who you're going to buy your stuff from and and uh, and what you want to look out for when it comes to that. So, but uh, all good stuff, Tony. I love this virtual build of an XJ. I've always been a Cherokee fan my, myself. I've got one. Uh, and uh, you're spot on with everything so far. So keep up the great work. Great. Uh, what, are you, what are your feelings on the, 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 the sourcing various vendors to build a lift? What do you think Look, about I, that? Coming from somebody who has gone through various phases uh, in this particular <laughs> Jeep, yeah. um, I, I can speak, from, uh, speak on this you know, with, with firsthand experience uh, in, in that it is very important to shop around. Uh, there, if, if I would have followed Tony's advice from just this, this article right here, uh, I could have saved myself hundreds of dollars. I yeah. would actually, if I would have done things, if I were to do things all over again, uh, with this Cherokee, uh, I would have taken a different route altogether. But, uh, but a lot of that is hindsight being 2020 and, and, and that sort of thing, armchair quarterbacking, yada, yada. Um, definitely want to shop around. Look, I, I'm I'm definitely one for instant gratification, and I love <laughs> love the whole touchy feely thing. If I can go into a shop and and check out a part, touch it, feel it, look at it, see how it's fabricated, that that whole sort of thing, man, that really really goes a long way in my book. Now you can't do that in every single instance with every single part that you buy for every single Jeep, uh, but what you can do is research, and and I'm a king of research when it comes to figuring stuff out, looking up information about a product or um, about something that I'm researching for my own Jeep or somebody else's. Uh, that's really where it comes down to is how much time do you want to spend looking stuff up uh, and researching the stuff that you're going to buy because a lot of that is going to determine where you're going to go to buy it. Oh, yeah. Now, Tammy, you haven't done a lift yet, but you're kind of in the research phase, aren't you? Yeah, and as a matter of fact, I was doing my blog schedule for next week and um, – I plan on doing um, a bunch of stuff on lift kits. I'm going to call. There's two that um, my dealer recommend, and of course there's Clayton. And so there's just a bunch of different things that I have to look into too. Um, what I find interesting is when you say 6.5 inch lift, I'm like, holy cow, that's huge. <laughs> but speaking from a Wrangler point, that's huge. Yeah. But yeah, there's two, a difference a inch- between the Wrangler lifts and the Cherokee lifts. Yeah, well, big difference. A two-inch lift on a Wrangler would be like you know a five-inch lift on a on a Cherokee. It, it is a big difference. Well, now, that, that being the, said, uh, I do have five and or uh, yeah, is it five and a half? Six inch, uh, six-inch lift coils 
um, on the front of my Jeep off of a TJ. Uh, now, the, they're, they're, the spring rate is different for mm-hmm. different vehicles. So the, the a four and a half inch lift uh, spring for a TJ is going to have a different spring rate than a four and a half inch um, you know, coil spring, lift spring for an XJ. Uh, and so going with, uh, with that, I was able to, and it does, you know, I sourced this stuff used, um, to save myself some money, uh, and to get myself in the, the height range that I wanted to. Um, but, uh, uh, in the long run, you know, parts are interchangeable and, uh, and going used is not a bad option. And you say Wrangler, it was a, a TJ. Uh, it was a TJ. Spring. Yeah. The, right. the springs that are on my XJ right now are meant for the lift kit for a TJ. Right. And, and there's a lot of, uh. Well, there, I don't want to say a lot. I don't want to oversell this. There are several parts between the TJ and the XJ that can be interchanged because the Absolutely. drive lines are, are near identical. Um, okay, well, great. So um, anyway, fun uh, fun talking about this. It's like reliving Absolutely. the uh, the build days and yeah. uh, uh, without all the expense. <laughs> there you go. Hey, guys, you know, we love hearing from all of you, so be sure and call our voicemail at 530-675-4102, or you can jump over to our website at jeeptalkshow.com and leave us a message. Just click on the Send Questions button on the right-hand side of your screen. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so at the beep, leave your message. Hey, all. This is Joliet Johnny. Uh, went to Goodwill, picked up a old Linksys router, installed DDWRT on it. Tony probably would know what that is, I'd hope. Uh, it's some aftermarket software that allows you to make a router do whatever you want it to do. Uh, my thought is to put it in the Cherokee and set it as a Wi-Fi hotspot that automatically connects to open networks. I was just wondering your thoughts on antennas for it. Uh, I really don't know anything about router antennas. I figure I could use regular coax. I don't know what to actually use as an antenna. Factory ones might work. I don't know. Uh, any thoughts would be great. All right, thanks. So this is kind of an interesting question. If you guys yeah. have been watching the uh, uh, car commercials, one of the I think it's Chevrolet that uh, touts uh, hotspot uh, built into their their vehicles. I think they actually show some kids watching uh, a video, streaming it off the internet or something, and then they move them o- over to a competitor's vehicle that doesn't have uh, the the hotspot in it. And of course, they love the 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 Chevrolet so much more. Uh, and of course, you know, if you read the very fine print, it talks about how you have to have a cell subscription and you have to be paying monthly fees for oh, this yeah. hot spot and stuff, you know, little things like that. So the, the three or $400 a month that you're paying for the car and another $200 a month that you're paying for the car insurance, uh, on top of that, you get to get to pay another 50 bucks for the Wi-Fi service or the, the, uh, the cellular service at any rate, it's kind of interesting from the standpoint of doing something like this on the cheap. Uh, what Johnny Joliet's talking about is uh, Linksys came out with a, a really nice router. Uh, I always butcher the name of it. I think it's a, a WG54, or no, it's not WG. It's like a WRT54G uh, router, and it's just a Wi-Fi router. The cool thing is uh, those uh, crazy Internet people came up with a, a way to install firmware that would take a, a $75 uh, at the time uh, Wi-Fi 
uh, router and turning in turning into a thousand dollar uh, Cisco equivalent router with all the little subtle nuances that you can do with a Cisco router. So uh, all kinds of things like doing uh, Wi-Fi extensions or uh, 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 firewalling, all kinds of crap. So that DDWRT uh, is firmware software that you install on that Linksys router. So yeah, Johnny, you can certainly do that. Uh, I think that you're going to find that uh, if you are trying to uh, make the hotspot available uh, externally to your vehicle, it's not going to work out very well. It, and even connecting into the open uh, Wi-Fi networks, uh, it's not going to be very good while traveling. Um, but if you are sitting still, uh, then it probably would work. And, and even in stop-and-go traffic, it probably isn't going to work the way you, you think it, it may. Um, it would be because uh, the Wi-Fi is, is very short range, which, of course, I was brings say, us, uh, his, his range is going to be the biggest limitation on that. Right. Which brings us to his question, which was about antennas, because the, the better the antenna both receive and transmit, uh, the better your range is going to be. Unfortunately, we're dealing with uh, at the most, I think, 250 uh, milliwatts, which is also adjustable on the, w, uh, the, the DDWRT software. Uh, so, uh, really, uh, you're dealing with, uh, kind of low end microwave frequencies. The coax is going to be critical because you're going to get a lot of loss in that transmission line. If you do not use, uh, a good quality, uh, coax for your antennas, uh, fortunately, because you're dealing in, in milliwatts, the antenna length isn't that important. Um, so you just want to get something that is, uh, a, a, a wavelength or a, a portion of a wavelength or multiple wavelength of the frequency that whatever you're trying to go for, if it's 2.5 gigahertz or 5 gigahertz, it just, it just depends on the router. I don't remember what it is for the, that, that, that specific Linksys. But it won't take very much, and it, it won't be, have to be very big, but it will need to be two antennas because that's what the, those things use. So uh, pay close attention to the coax that you're using and make sure it's good for microwave frequencies and also to the, the connectors. I think it's N-type connectors that you need to use for microwave frequencies. Otherwise, you get a lot of loss. And when you're dealing with uh, uh, low-power transmitters and low-power receivers uh, or receivers that uh, are picking up those, those low-power transmissions, you definitely don't want to have any loss. So anyway, I could, uh, I could talk longer than that, but I think I've already talked enough. <laughs> Long enough about it. You got Moving me, you right got me along, searching right. parts over here. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys correct me on any of that stuff that you that you heard. I oh, saw yeah. you nodding. No, no, you had this one part wrong where uh, you said <laughs> yeah, that thing about the stuff. Yeah, you talked about the I-59, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Tammy says, did I mention I'm sleepy already? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get over to Super Croc. Hey, guys. The Super Croc coming to you on driving to pick up some bolts for Project Phoenix, my CJ build. And I've seen two convertibles out today with the tops down. I guess that's what happens when it's 50 degree weather in, in Minnesota, North Dakota area, you know? And then I had a thought. Wow. Oh. Not really a thought, I guess, but a question for y'all. How long, or have you ever waited outside a business to see the owner of a built Cherokee or CJ or XJ? <laughs> this is kind of scary. I, I did it once for about five minutes before going in, just waiting and 
talking to the guy, and it was pretty cool. Even more fun is when you're pulling up and someone pulls in and going into the same place and has a built, well, in this case, it was a built JK. I know Tammy will like that. And this was started out basically stock bare bones level, and he had it up to basically um, Rubicon level or better for some stuff. I mean, he doesn't have the the special <laughs> walker switch, but that's basically <laughs> the only thing he'd be missing from the Rubicon package. And awesome two bumper, switches. awesome winch, <laughs> and uh, two sizes bigger tires and a two or three inch lift. It was awesome. So, I mean, seems like Jeep folks are always great to talk to, so try it someday. Bye! Yeah, I've uh, I've kind of been in a similar situation more than a few times where it's like, oh, that is a sweet Jeep. I'm going to go into this establishment and just look for somebody who looks like a Jeeper. Hey, is that your Jeep out there? It is. Great. Hey, my name's Josh. Uh, you know, and start talking with him and stuff like that. I've, I've uh, flagged down uh, Jeepers in traffic before just to BS with them about their Jeep. I actually saw a guy at the post office the other day uh, with a JKU that uh, was probably easily on 40s. Could have been 44s. The thing was a beast. Jeez. And had I had my digital recorder with me, I would have flagged him down and, and gotten a few minutes of his time to what talk What kind about of things. podcaster are you? I know. <laughs> I knew as soon as I was going to say it, I was like, Tony is going to take me to task. Oh, uh, yeah. But, uh, but I do that sort of stuff uh, as often as I can. Um, sometimes it's uh, received well. Um, uh, sometimes it's like, you know, hey, I don't have time or I don't like want to talk, crazy. that sort of thing. Uh, but if you guys are out there and you want to do the same sort of thing, just be, uh, be polite and be understanding. Well, that's the way Nikki G always is. Do you remember those things that he did? He did some oh, in the parking lot things. I was just thinking about that in my head. Yeah. I was just thinking, oh boy, Nikki G running at me in the parking lot, and I don't know who he is. That, that might be the recorder, sir, microphone sir. in hand, and foil hat. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what Tammy's going to go with. Is uh, now that she's got that uh, got that job, hat? she's yeah. going to got tin foil and forty fours. That's just uh, to keep the radiation down because she's going to be that much closer to the uh, outer atmosphere. <laughs> Well, you guys, thanks for calling in. We love hearing from you guys. And uh, actually, I've had more than one comment from people about how they love uh, that we have all this uh, listener interaction. So uh, that means that people enjoy hearing from you. So if you're worried about calling in and, and being uh, picked on, or let me just make sure you understand, we're, we definitely will pick on you. So, But that's part of the fun. But definitely call in because people enjoy it, and we enjoy hearing from you. And you can pick on us. Tammy, are you sure? Yeah. Everybody <laughs> picks on me all the time. I know. <laughs> Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What do you talk about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at JeepTalkShow.com.
Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? We want to hear from you. Just give us uh, a call on our voicemail line, 530-675-4102, or go over to the jeeptalkshow.com website. Look over there on the right-hand side. You'll see a little button that says Send Questions, Comments. Click on that with any device that has a microphone and, and of course, is connected to the Internet, and you can tell us where you are when you listen to the Jeep Talk Show. Oh, and it's fine if you want to make stuff up, just as long as it's interesting or funny or both. I can't wait to get into uh, later on in the summer and, and get, yeah, yeah. get my microphone in front of some more people, get some more of those, uh, more, some more of those plugs. Well, yeah, I want to let you guys know about something that you should be plugging with your friends. That is our YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, you love that stuff? I'm a professional over here. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show is the link that you guys want to be spreading around. And if you haven't already subscribed to our channel, well, it is time to do so now. Always looking for new subscribers and always looking for fellow Jeepers to spread the word about our YouTube channel. We're posting up new content all the time, guys, so don't miss out on it. Jeep Talk Show. I'm sorry. YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Subscribe now and be sure to tell a friend. Oh, yeah. We love you telling friends. Okay, folks. Something we all look forward to each and every week. And that's hearing from the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching the show live and uh, in chat, Josh mentioned that uh, there is no stupid questions. And in chat, I mentioned that uh, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> and. I kind of refrained from making jokes about it because I didn't want to discourage anybody from going to the forums and asking a question. And so I thought about Until it now. and come up with this. <laughs> uh, feel free to ask any question. Unless your questions are as the following, then you're, you should probably seek metal, medical attention. Here we go. If it's called a drive through why do we have to stop? Why are softballs hard? Can blind people see their dreams? No. And if Jimmy cracks corn and nobody cares, why in the heck is there a song about it? <laughs> All right, guys, I'll uh, catch you later. You have a good one. Bye. I should mention, uh, Nikki G works at the airport, part of the ground crew. So he has a lot of time on his hands to sit and uh, marinate. Smell those fumes. <laughs> yes. I think, you're, I think that's very true. Well, well, here's we drive on a parkway. Hey, this is Park Nikki on a drive. Uh, oh. caught the show, and uh, I fully support Kelly's campaign to become a voice of Jeep's onboard services. And uh, it's got me thinking I would like to start my campaign to become an onboard service. But, uh, oh, boy. I don't want to uh, compete with Kelly on Jeep, so I think the only thing left is a smart car. So I like to become the, the official <laughs> voice of smart car. Can you imagine turning on your car and hearing my voice? Dude, you don't want to be seen in this thing. Just shut it off and go back inside. And uh, if you have some extra cash, you can spring for the Super Croc upgrade. Uh-huh. You turn on your smart car and you hear Super Croc's voice go, Greetings and salutations. I don't know where you're going, but if you're going to Minnesota, you better bring a toque because it's cold. Hi, right, guys. I'll chat you later. Have a good one. Bye. That's a limited model. You can hear the uh, you can hear the jet coming in while he's recording yeah, right. that. He's like, oh geez, I got the seven fifteen landing. I'm go. sorry, I gotta I have to wrap this up, guys. I'm actually on the active runway. Oh, um, man. Good <laughs> you know, times. Nikki I thought G. I would actually mind, wouldn't mind doing voiceover work for if they ever came out with the smart ass car because I think that would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. No, I can't think of a, I can't think of a better voice talent than you, Tony. <laughs> Definitely got that. This has out. been from the mind of Nikki G. Good God, I love reviews because it's all about our creation. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Tammy, let's do some reviews. Okay, this one is from the Twitter, jeeptruck.com, at jeeptruck.com. Um, at Jeep Talk Show, wow, so glad we found you. Do you cover full-size Jeeps much? Let's be in touch. I told them. I, I told him we we uh, what we do cover and that we always are always looking for somebody to do a segment for us and if they would like to do that and promote their uh, their brand at the same time to please get in contact uh, we'd love to have them so uh, and that that goes with all you guys out there if you have something that you'd like to talk about on the Jeep Talk Show that is Jeep related uh, and uh, you want to promote your brand your product whatever we we'd love to have you we don't mind that at all I mean. Uh, Josh uh, promotes his voiceover work. Tammy pro- promotes her uh, her blog, and uh, you know it's uh, it's 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 what we do. We don't mind sharing uh, the the limelight with you guys at all. And this guy shared a little something with us, Matt at M E K O Z A R. Uh, he says at Jeep Talk Show. Know of any Jeep competitions coming up? Looking to enter a bunch. I want to do a lot to the hashtag Wrangler JK. Uh, yes, there are a lot of competitions coming up. It all depends on how uh, serious you really want to get with this. Uh, chances are the class is going to determine your modifications or vice versa. Um, I would look into the Ultra 4. Um, they have many, many, many divisions. They have a lot of events going on all over the nation. So if you're willing to travel, uh, especially, then you can get into some national, uh, national circuits and, uh, and get into some off-road racing uh, that way. Um, you're probably gonna have to start small. You're gonna have to put in your dues and uh, you're probably going to have to pay to play. Uh, but, uh, in the long run, you can enter in some competition. I would also look into, um, your local, like tough truck challenge, uh, that sort of thing. And if you have some local Jeep clubs, uh, chances are they're putting on some competitions as well. I know out here in Oregon, uh, there are several local clubs that, uh, that put on events, um, at least a couple times a year. Uh, so, uh, if it's going on out here, chances are it's going on out in your neck of the woods as well. So, a little bit of research and stuff, and all, as always, uh, keep tuned in to the Jeep Talk Show for our Wheeling Wear segment uh, towards the end of the show where we cover some events that are happening around the nation, uh, and that might be able to point you into some right directions as well. Hey, we got another one. This one is from Jeep Army USA, and the, uh, their, their Twitter name is at Jeep Army USA. Uh, great show, guys, at Jeep Talk Show, hashtag Jeep Media, hashtag Jeep Podcast, hashtag YouTube, hashtag, hashtag hash brown, <laughs> Jeep Talk, hashtag Jeep. All these hash browns. Oh. oh, man, I feel full just reading them. But thank you very much. We really appreciate that. I hope you enjoy the show, and I hope you're listening to this one where we uh, we mentioned your tweet. And from Oregon Trail Off-Road at Oregon Trail OR, I at Jeep Talk Show <laughs> at Oregon Trail OR. Yeah, listen, these guys know what they're talking about. Great interview. <laughs> they're, and they're referring to their interview with Josh. <laughs> yeah, we had a re, I did a recent interview with these guys, uh, geez, not even a month ago, and, uh, and got that up there. They've got an, uh, another epic Jeep journey coming up uh, here in another few months. So we'll be talking about more about those guys later on. Yep, if you go over to uh, iTunes or any place that where you uh, listen to the Jeep Talk Show or just jeeptalkshow.com, 
look for I.9. That stands for Interview 9, and you'll see Interview with Oregon Trail Off-Road. If you have not listened to that uh, that interview yet, I recommend you do. Uh, it's a good, long, solid uh, interview. It's like an hour and a half long, so there's lots to, to hear there, and uh, we should be having more from them very soon whenever they start uh, the their trek down the Oregon Trail. All righty, well, let's get over to uh, uh, hearing from Cody at uh, trailchasers.net. You can also hear uh, Cody on uh, the Trail Chasers podcast, which is part of the 4x4 Radio Network. So uh, let's uh, find out about uh, his part 13 of the Grand Adventure. Hey, guys, it's Cody with trailchasers.net with another Grand Adventure. Uh, At this time, I want to follow up on the conversation we had last time about Steve's front end on his ZJ. If you recall, he blew out the Rezepa joint on the front drive shaft and we had to replace it. While it was in the garage um, up in the air, we kind of we noticed that the axles were leaking a little bit and so was the rear pinion. So we decided to do an overhaul on that front axle. To be honest, this is something I've never done. So it was a little bit intimidating. But now that I've done it, it's not that bad. Um, we, we had the, the hardest part was getting the, the differential gear set out of the, uh, front end. And I know Josh is going to cringe when he hears this, but what we ended up doing was wrapping a ratcheting strap around the gear housing and attaching it to the front bumper and just ratcheting away until the whole thing just popped out. Um, one thing to keep in mind, if you're going to pull that gear set out, you have to pay attention to the. Uh, orientation and side that the uh, bearing caps are on. So there's two brackets, U-shaped brackets that hold the gear set in that clamp onto the bearings. And apparently they wear uneven. So when you put them back on, you have to make sure that, that you put them on in the same spot. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, we didn't, th- we didn't think to check that when we pulled it off. But apparently someone else had been in that in that uh, differential before because there was uh, very distinct markings that showed which one went to which side. So we lucked out. Uh, once we got the housing out, um, everything else was pretty easy. The, the axles come out first, but they're pretty s- straightforward. You pull the bolts out and slide them out. Um, the axle seals... Um, are actually right at the differential. They're not at the end of the axles. They're at the, at the differential side. So to get them out, we literally took a six-foot piece of PVC, slid it into the axle, and banged on it with a hammer until it popped the ax- the, the seal out, um, and then did the same thing in the reverse order to get the seals back in. Um, the PVC, it was three-quarter inch PVC. It fit perfectly in between the um, existing bearing, I mean, the, the seals, once you got them installed to get to the other side. So um, it, again, it was, I was intimidated by this, but it was actually fairly easy. Uh, the pinion um, seal was a little bit harder. So you have to take the, the pinion gear out. And the only way we could get it was a bunch of prying. We pried with uh, pry bars and pickle forks and screwdrivers and finally got the thing to pop out. Uh, putting it back in was pretty straightforward. You you set it in place and put a socket around it that's so it's going to hit evenly across uh, around the seal and bang it in with a hammer. Uh, once we got it all in, we put the gear set back in. We cleaned everything really, really good, put the gear set back in, put the axles back in, and then we were down to the drive shaft. Um, Steve ordered a new drive shaft from Real Drive Shaft uh, in Pomona, California, 
and it was great. It came with everything we needed. It bolted right into the existing uh, U-joint housing on the transfer case. And um, they gave us a new slip yoke adapter for, I'm not sorry, slip yoke, but a uh, yoke adapter for the uh, connection down at the axle itself. Uh, all in all, it went pretty easy. Um, it, you know, we pretty much did a full rebuild of that front end when you consider taking everything out and putting it all back together. Um, and it wasn't bad. If you've got some uh, axle seals that are leaking and you can tell because out at the end of the axle housing near your brake calipers, there'll be a buildup of grease and, and gunk. Um, if you've got leaking seals, uh, don't be afraid to take the project on yourself. Like I said, I had never done it before. Um, I was kind of intimidated, but it ended up being pretty easy. Uh, so with that said, uh, Steve's Jeep is back uh, in commission. He didn't take it out to Tierra del Sol because he still wanted to get a front end alignment and do some adjusting before uh, he took it onto a trip. And that's a long drive to get out there. So he rode with me on that trip. We'll talk more about that later. Um, in the meantime, if you guys wouldn't mind going to trailchasers.net, check out the things we have going on there. Uh, we're up to uh, episode, we've released episode three of the podcast. Episode four will be releasing uh, on Wednesday, I'm sorry, Thursday, March 10th. Um, and then we have a bunch of other stuff scheduled going forward. So check us out at trailchasers.net. Uh, we are uh, the Trail Chasers on Instagram, at Trail Chasers on Twitter, and trailchasers.com uh, slash, I'm sorry, trail, uh, facebook.com slash trailchasers. Uh, check us out. I appreciate all the support you guys have given and all the help, and I uh, look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Thanks. I think that's the way I've found most uh, most things I've done on the Jeep, or really any vehicles, that uh, it seems to be a rather daunting task until you get into it, and then uh, it's not nearly as bad as what you what you thought, so... Oh yeah, like doing a brake job. The first one takes three hours. The yeah. uh, second, the next side takes fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> seems like it goes that way a lot on uh, on my own Jeep. Yeah, the the uh, research servicing the front end uh, of any Jeep is, is always uh, a little bit of a daunting task. I mean, mm -hmm. it's definitely going to be messy. There's a lot that goes into it, and there's a lot that can go wrong. Take your time. Do some research before any kind of uh, mechanical venture like this. Uh, get some tips and tricks. And, of course, always uh, tune into the Jeep Talk Show where we uh, give you all kinds of tips and tricks for just this sort of stuff. Yeah. So thanks a lot for the information, uh, Cody. Uh, oh, sharing yeah, that information stuff. is very important because uh, uh, we don't want to come across uh, – none of us, want, I don't think, want to come across as experts on this thing because we're learning all the time. So let's talk about uh, XJ Talk. Uh, we recently uh, at XJTalk.com celebrated our seven years wow. of continuous operation. And, Has it been uh, that long already? Yeah. Lord, I yep. swear it was just last year we were talking about four years. Yep, it was. Well, uh, of course, that, that uh, time warp is uh, the, really the cause of that. Uh, but uh, we don't, we're going to talk about that uh, government uh, documents that we signed. So anyway, uh, you guys need to go over and visit xgtalk.com. Seven years of continuous service. Uh, something like 4,000 members. Uh, only two of them post. <laughs> no, there, we, have, we have more than that. But it seems like that. Out of the 4,000, most people are uh, you know, just, uh, just reading the post. And uh, I think somebody, I think it was Mark over at Detours USA, started uh, a random picture thread or something. And I was looking at that the other day. And there has been... Uh, over a hundred thousand views wow. of that. <laughs> that is awesome. It's like almost two hundred thousand views of the just that one, uh, that one thread. Uh, it's you know it's popular. So 
uh, go over there and look at the pictures and, and, uh, you know, and please feel free to jump in there and, uh, share your post with us. Uh, everybody has little issues that they run into, uh, with their Jeep. And, uh, you may think everybody's had this problem before and you're probably right, but Hey, that's one of the reasons why you came to the forum because you want to ask a question. Hopefully somebody knows the answer and it's going to be a lot easier because you asked and we're told, don't worry about the flaming. We don't tell anybody that's a dumb question. That's a stupid question. Uh, that's been asked before. Google is your friend. None of that. It's a forum, no. damn it. That's what the forum is about. The sharing of ideas, the asking of questions, and the answering of those questions. So nobody was born knowledgeable on Jeeps. They all had to learn it one way or another. And uh, personally, I like the idea of sharing that information with people uh, and uh, helping them, uh, you know, getting <laughs> making that three-hour first break job go a little if nothing else, making you feel better about it. Well, I want to make you guys feel better about purchasing a knife. Now, you guys all know that I am a tool nut. And, uh, you know, I, I made a living with my tools for, for many, many years. So when I hear the words lifetime guarantee, uh, my ears perk up. All my tools are definitely lifetime guarantee tools. Uh, and one tool that every guy, every jeeper should have on their side is a good knife. And LT Wright knives are ones that you definitely want to check out. They're handcrafted in Ohio with the finest locally sourced materials. They build everything from everyday carry to bushcraft and even overland specific. That means us guy, us Jeepers and off-roaders. Now, everything that LTWK builds comes with a lifetime guarantee. I had my ears perked up and it was designed from the ground up to be a solid working knife. Now, each piece is constructed with survival in mind. Knives with a proven international pedigree that have been there and back. Bushcraft, hunting, camping, overland, and everyday carry models are all available. Our new Bushcraft Bushcrafter HC is an excellent example of an everyman knife, able to do everything from, from help get the campfire started to skinning game. That's what I'm talking about. Being made from 332 1075 steel with a convex edge, it will resharpen easily in the field. These heirloom quality pieces will outlast your adventure. So plan well, drive safely, safely and carry an LTWK. Find out more information on these knives online at ltwrightknives.com. That's L-T-W-R-I-G-H-T knives.com. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. So earlier this week, um, a fellow Jeeper asked me a question, which prompted um, my Wrangler Talk for tonight. (laughs) What was that? I said, how dare he? I know. Um, it's This is a new review from an old review. So for some background, a little over a year and a half ago, a company called Performance Stability, they're now called Steer Smarts. They contacted me about reviewing their product, the steering attenuator. And back then I hesitated because of my lack of experience with the Wrangler. Um, I just wasn't familiar enough with it to give them what I felt would be a thorough review. So I sent it to a friend and he installed it on his Jeep instead. And then I kept seeing positive review after review after review, (laughs) all these people trying this product out. And I was kicking myself that I didn't try it out first because I was one of the first people this company reached out to, um, to test it out. And I'm even pictured on their website. So one of the main consumer they developed this project for was for moms and young drivers for safety reasons. So finally, last April, I installed the attenuator, the steering attenuator, which they now call the Griffin by Steer Smarts. 
At the time I posted a review, I also reviewed it on the Jeep Talk Show podcast, which you can hear that on episode 176. Now, the attenuator, which is now the Griffin, is constructed to reduce the harsh road feedback attributed to the stock JKs and JKUs steering system. It's a jittery steering wheel, and you feel this when you are going um, traveling at high speeds. It is highly engineered direct swap out for your drag link adjusting sleeve. It is intended to make Jeep safer while improving your driving experience. So in April of 2015, I reported that the Griffin lived up to the company complaint, company claims in my opinion. So my Jeep driving experience on the interstate became much more relaxing. And what I said was, it wasn't until about halfway back down the busy I-95 truck home this was after I had it installed, did I realize I was cruising along at over 75 miles per hour with just one hand on the steering wheel. I was lost in my thoughts of what I needed to get done to that day. I hadn't even once had my had to stretch up my hands because they had been white knuckle gripped on my steering wheel. I was even able to change lanes and pass the slower cars instead of being the slower one in the far right lane the whole trip. My experience went before the steering attenuator when I would drive on the highway, especially like when I would go to Rush Creek, my both hands would be on the steering wheel and I would just be really, it would be really intense drive and because of the steering wheel, the jittery steering wheel. So after this, the drive in my Jeep is so much more relaxing. I even forgot that the Griffin was installed there, but I think that's the point. So like I said in the beginning, a fellow Jeeper asked me what my thoughts were now after I've had this on for almost a year. And I will say I feel the same way. It has held up fantastic, have no issues, knock on wood, and my off-roading experience hasn't changed either. I would give this product a 10 out of 10 stars. And just recently they have come out with a new product called the Yeti. Um, it's the JK Heavy Duty Tie Rod Assembly. They also have the Yeti Heavy Duty Drag Link and the Yeti Heavy Duty Steering Linkage. And you can find out more about this product at steer, S-T-E-E-R, smarts.com. Um, my only regret is I did not install this myself. I actually took it to the dealer who I brought. I bought my um, Rubicon from. And they installed it, and actually it was the first time they ever installed it, so they were not familiar with it either. And they were kind of impressed with the whole um, product themselves. Tony and Josh? You know, I was impressed with what you were saying as far as you can uh, drive with one hand now at highway speeds yes. because I, I don't know about you, Tammy, or, or you, Josh, but it, uh, whenever you need to flip somebody off, it just yeah. doesn't come across <laughs> the way you wanted to come across yeah. if you have to slow down so you can remove that second hand from the steering wheel. And then speed back up. So well, and the Jeep Wave is much easier because you're just like you know. Uh, but there's there's no substitute for the the flipping off the one finger wave no. uh, at times, depending on <laughs> you know what they're doing and you know if they're uh, if they're in a Prius. So I'll just leave it at that. Well, that's great. Yeah, we actually did a uh, an interview, or our Tammy did, uh, and I I got to speak to uh, to the gentleman. I forget his name Ron, now. Ron Ron North. Uh, I was thinking Ron Popeil, but that would be a different uh, a different guy selling stuff. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Pocket Fisherman. <laughs> I know it's in here somewhere. Keep looking. Uh, so, uh, the uh, yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, and uh, they had some upcoming things that uh, we haven't spoken with Ron in a while. I don't know if you no, have, Tammy, an yeah. email or whatever. But 
uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what uh, what they come up with. And certainly sounds like they uh, hit the, the ball of the park with uh, this uh, uh, Griffin. So, Yeah, and I think it's always good to look back, you know, like we do product reviews. So how does it work after a year? How does the mm-hmm. product work after two years, three years, so on? So I think it's good to like revisit things. Yeah, we might want to keep that in mind instead of having people ask us questions. Uh, maybe we should, uh, you know, get in the habit of doing that where we, we say, hey, we, you know, we reviewed this a while back and just want to let you guys know what we think about it now. Because yep. I think that's very important for a product. I mean, I think everybody's excited to get something new, especially when uh, the brown Santa shows up and you go, oh, there it is. And you're all excited because right. you got it. But, and you're like, uh, oh, it's really great. And then like, yeah, after you know. the newness has wore off on it. And I think like, it, oh, you said something nice. very important about the Griffin is that you don't even, you don't even know it's there. And that, no. and that means it's doing its job and you're not having to mess with it. So uh, that's, uh, that, I think that's a great endorsement. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Oh, vacuum leaks. Here's a tip for you guys. If you're like me and are faced with diagnosing a troublesome motor with a vacuum leak, well, the first step for just about any troubleshooting procedure is to do a thorough visual inspection. This means going over every inch, front to back, side to side, every last vacuum line in the vehicle. I know, it's going to be a lot, it's going to take a while, and it definitely sucks. More often times than not, a leak can be uh, traced down to a hose that has come off of a fitting somewhere. Uh, The other causes may be a broken line right at the fitting, and this is typically caused from a vacuum line getting brittle or cracked over time, and the movement of the engine and the lines themselves creates a weak point right at that junction where the line meets the fitting. And speaking of degraded hoses, uh, some of the visual cues of a bad vacuum line would be chapping cracking, or any kind of splitting or changing the appearance of the line itself. I'm not talking about it getting dirty or fading in color, and I'm talking about going from a nice smooth surface to something that resembles the skin of a crocodile. Now, sometimes a leak is less obvious or is not in the line of sight. Uh, This could be caused from a line getting too close to a moving part, like the steering shaft or a belt or a pulley. It could even be from a nearby electrical short or heat source melting away just enough of the hose to create a leak. In any case, you're faced with a smaller and non-destructive leak unlike the one that I'm facing, then there's a way that can help speed up the inspection process. The internal combustion engine has had vacuum lines to control various components for the better part of 40 years or more. And since any combustion engine is basically just a big air pump, it's safe to say that if you can suck something flammable up into it and still have air and spark, then it's likely going to run. Look, here's a story from way back when I was a kid. When my dad was alive, his paint truck ran out of gas once, and he made it home by running it on a little what little gas was left in the tank and some paint thinner. Not something you want to take a road trip on, but it proves my point. In that point, we come to our tip. Using something flammable like starting fluid, which works the best for this sort of tip and trick, is or even brake cleaner or other form of flammable aerosol. Lightly spray short bursts in a grid-like pattern over the engine compartment and the vacuum hoses. What will happen is is as the aerosol gets drawn in through the vacuum leak, whether it be a hose or a gasket, the the engine will eventually see this ultra-flammable vapor, and you'll hear a change in the RPMs. Using this as a guide, you can start narrowing down the location and the source of the leak. Obviously, if your leak is as bad as the one that I'm currently battling, then this isn't going to work for you. But if the engine can at least run and or idle, then this will definitely work. It's a little trick from the old school, my fellow Jeepers, but it works every single time. Just another good reason to carry something flammable around with you. Like we need an excuse to begin with. <laughs> I would just get a Dyson. 
They don't leak. <laughs> no, they do suck. They they do yeah, suck. Yeah. As do vacuum leaks. So I was sending uh, Josh some uh, some comments on uh, on Skype, and I was trying to mess him up, but I don't think he was reading them. So yeah, he, you did mess me up. <laughs> he <laughs> says there was, there was two bobbles in there. You'll hear. I it. told him uh, vacuum leaks suck. Really. <laughs> 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 and, then, and then when he said degraded hoses, I said equals Madonna. So yeah. you have to think that one through. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, uh, I guess we can talk about this in a campfire. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested to, to hear what you think. Uh, I know we chatted a little bit about your your massive vacuum leak. It, it's damned interesting that the thing runs. Uh, you we'll, know, we'll get into that here yeah, in, just, yeah. in just a little bit. We'll we'll go into just what I was talking about about this vacuum leak that I'm facing. Uh, Tony teased it a little bit last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into it here in just a little bit. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna curb that enthusiasm, and then uh, we're gonna jump over here to Jeep Mama and uh, let her talk about uh, her product review. Well, this is um, actually um, not really my product review, but you know, last week in Cool Jeep Ticks Tips, I mentioned the Smitty Built black tailgate cover for the Jeep Wrangler mm-hmm. and I how I was going to buy one. And, you know, because I've noticed several Jeepers had this type of storage unit on their back of their tailgate. And I thought it would be really cool to have. And so I was going to buy one and I started looking into the reviews and they didn't seem so good. The install was quite difficult. And I'm like, you know, I really don't want to have to make this a difficult install. So I decided not to buy one. And however, today, Dan Cole, another podcaster from the 4x4 Radio Network, messaged me. Um, He hosts the 4x4 podcast. Anyway, he messaged me and said, don't buy the crappy (laughs) Smittybilt pouches out of Mole Pano. Cheap crap made in China that will wear out fast. And he actually sent me over to um, the 4x4podcast.com slash Blue Ridge. It's the same thing but it's made in America that will last. He's had his for four years and they're still going strong with no signs of wear despite his kids abusing it all the time. <laughs> so anyway, I headed over to that website and checked it out and they have some really cool storage items and there's one that I thought was really cool. It's called the Jeep Addict. Anyway, I never did end up buying the black tailgate cover by Smitty Built for the Jeep Wrangler. I still want something for my tailgate so I'm going to look at the Blue Ridge, um, Blue Ridge Overland Gear is uh, the name of the company. Anyway, um, but I did end up, let's see, where was I? So I never ended up buying it, and it's a good thing since Dan um, doesn't say it would last. So I took a deeper look in the bags that Dan suggested. He said, seriously, though, Blue Ridge Overland Gear makes the best bags and pouches. So what I did, and what did I end up buying with my $50 Amazon gift card, you may ask? Oh, yeah. Well, I am really excited about this install that I'm going to do this weekend. And Ooh. I bought this neoprene center console armrest pad cover with the Jeep logo for my Jeep Wrangler. It says beer it on my only, screen. Pardon? It says beer on my screen. Oh, oh yeah, there we go. Oops. My <laughs> bad. refresh. It was yeah, only right. $18. Um, and this is for people who like to put their top down. The armrests get really hot, and if oh, you rest yeah. your arm on it, you you seriously burn your arm. It can get really hot. Well, you're, so anyway, that's the bad thing about a black Jeep. Right. So that's one of the things I bought. But now I still have some money left over on that Amazon card, and I have no idea 
what to buy. So if anybody has any suggestions. How much um, do you have left? Uh, about $25 maybe. I was told there'd $30. be no math. I would get <laughs> yeah. a bowfing or bowfing, depending how you say, uh, dual band ham uh, radio for emergency communications. They're $25. Oh, but I, I'm not a ham radio operator. Doesn't matter. If it's an emergency, you can use it. Yeah, okay. And the worst case is you can get a license, Tammy. There you go. Another project. That's right. 50 before 50. I think ham, being ham, a uh, ham radio operator was, was on that list or should be. It should be, definitely. I uh, might be, be able to replace that, which look I'll under, tell you about in Chit Chat. Look under the side, uh, the, the side tab, Nerdisms. Uh-huh. So there you go. Well, that's uh, great. And you know, I'd forgotten about that Blue Ridge thing. Uh, I had listened to an interview that Dan did with uh, uh, Blue Ridge, and uh, I had actually started looking at that for, for my Jeep. Uh, it was a uh, really, uh, I really liked uh, what the, the, I forget the guy's name, uh, uh, the, the guy at Blue Ridge, the, the way he talked about it being built in America. And uh, I don't know, Tammy, I don't know if you thought about it or not. Maybe uh, we should uh, contact them and uh, set up an interview. Uh, they they seem to be agreeable to talking to people on podcasts. You know, they talk to Dan. They, they should talk to us. Well, and it's kind of funny because I've never heard of them before. And, you know, Dan messaged me today. And then just a little while ago, I'm like scrolling through my Facebook. And there's this Blue Ridge Overland gear that popped up on my, you know, page. And I, you know, so I reached out to him. I said, hey, this is the second time today your company has passed me by and I'm going to be mentioning you on the Jeep Talk Show podcast tonight. And they said, thanks, Tammy. We appreciate it too. So I'll I'll give them an e- email and maybe we can do an interview with them. Oh, we were talking about that interview we did with Ron. Maybe we can do the same thing where right. uh, all three of us get together and uh, uh, talk bad about Josh. I mean, uh, interview the, uh, <laughs> the awesome. Blue Ridge products. Uh, um, have you, you've been to their site, right? You've seen what they've got on there. Yeah, they no, some nice stuff. A lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. yeah you can mix and match. And, um, one thing I want to say though, is if we mention a product on here, we talk about a product and you have this product, I think it'd be great for you to reach out to us and tell us what you think about this product because you know, we're just, I'm just one person's opinion mm-hmm. and to get a lot of people's opinions on a product um, really makes a big difference. So if we review a product that you have, please reach out and um, share your opinions with us. Uh, hey, maybe you'd like to do product reviews. Maybe you buy a lot of stuff. Uh, there's always a fourth seat open here, so uh, you could even do product reviews for us. So uh, it doesn't have to be every week. In fact, it probably couldn't be every week, but uh, every so often. And uh, it's really easy to record these things. Uh, actually, I've been working with a, a couple of new contributors uh, here uh, recently, and uh, we'll have some new stuff coming up for you really soon. Greetings. What if I told you about slamming doors? Greetings and clim- <laughs> chlamydia. Greetings. <laughs> was this a, this kind of makes the same the same sense? Uh, it's starting. Greetings to and clinifications. Clinifications. <laughs> yes. Ay 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 Oh well, we know you're voting for uh, for uh, Clinton in the, the next presidential uh, election here because yeah, you're a woman and uh, you can't no. you can't not vote for for Hillary. Uh, and I still say. You know, Hillary and, and Bill in the White House. I mean, Hillbilly 2016. But anyway. <laughs> well, they're from Arkansas, so it fits. <laughs> speaking well, of speaking fit. Speaking of if it's going to fit. Oh, <laughs> so close, Josh. Uh, <laughs> so close. But not there. 
So yeah, speaking of will it fit, uh, as you guys know, I was uh, laid off from my uh, Linux administrator type position. Of course, I was doing Windows and network as well over there, but I got laid off uh, in uh, the, almost the last day of January, and it was just out of the blue. But I guess that's, uh, as I'm hearing, especially if you're in oil and gas, that's kind of the, the typical thing. Uh, I think uh, one of the, uh, the members on xjtalk.com was saying that uh, in the oil and gas industry, if you made it past Thursday, you knew you weren't being laid off that week because that's when they laid you off. And it was Thursday afternoon. And they would just, uh, here's your box, get your stuff, security guard will walk you out. And that's uh, uh, that's all you knew about it. So uh, I guess uh, the, the thing uh, that your mama and daddy always told you about saving your money is a, is a good idea and not living paycheck to paycheck. Of course, in this economy, it's been kind of difficult, I think, for a lot of people to do that. Uh, and, uh, I, th- I think that's a lot of what we see with, uh, uh, with, uh, the, the, the couples in a relationship, uh, both working because, uh, you know, you're, you got a better chance of, uh, uh, continuing to have a paycheck. Anyway, I, uh, I did find another job. It's taken a, a little over a month and, uh, I, uh, am supposed to be starting next week. Uh, I'm always kind of, yeah, thanks. I, I'm always kind of wondering, uh, if it's actually going to happen, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, until you're actually there and then you're there all day and then you're there at the end of the week. And then after about the end of the week, then you, you know, you kind of feel you're there. So, um, my question is looking at, uh, Google maps and looking at the street view, I see that the parking garage that I'll uh, be able to park in, uh, says six foot five inches. Uh Oh, that ain't tall enough. So will it fit? Well, my Jeep is about six foot. But the, yeah, but the, uh, the light, the, the LED, uh, 20 inch LED light that I have in the back is around estimate six, seven. You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to take that thing off and mail it to me. No, he's going to have to air down every day to go to work. (laughs) (laughs) So I was doing a little research online and apparently uh, people that drive Ford excursions have the same questions. Uh, about uh, getting into parking garages and i found out that uh whenever they uh put a measurement of how how high the parking garage is they take the lowest point in the parking mm-hmm. garage and then subtract an inch from it so oh, okay so that would be and, and i was trying to remember it seems like there's something else in there they remove a half inch so it's like an inch and a half an inch to two inches lower than what it really is so, the, so that would be that would mean that in the parking garage there is some point in there, whether it be a pipe or something, that right. is six foot six inches. So, Makes sense. So I I uh, I asked uh, two things. I asked if, if there was another place that I could park if my my vehicle doesn't fit in the parking garage because I hate to go over there on my first day and then have to drive home because I can't park anywhere. Right. And uh, then the other question was the dress code. You know, what, what kind of dress code they have? And Because everything I was seeing, it looked like it was just casual, but uh, it's business casual, which, which I kind of expected. And uh, so there's, uh, uh, there's a place for me to park outside. Uh, and, uh, uh, oh, uh, one thing I am going to be doing, uh, when I installed the um, leaf spring, uh, what do you call those things that uh, allow your, your leaf springs Tackle to articulate? brackets? Yeah. Yeah, when I installed those from, uh, I got a set of those from Iron Man Andy and Ironman4x4fab.com. And uh, when I installed the the shackles, I they're almost vertical. Not quite, but they're almost vertical. 
So uh, the front of the Jeep is lower than the, the rear of the Jeep. So here in the next uh, day or so, I'm going to take those uh, shackles and move them forward two bolt holes. And that, okay. should, that should drop me down about, uh, uh, I'm guessing, around an inch or so in the back and make it more level. That will also change your shackle angle. Yes. And that changes the characteristics of the leaf springs. Which will mean... And- which will make it a, a little smoother ride too, because instead of it hammering the vertical, almost vertical um, uh, oh, shackle, okay. it is, it is almost it. vertical. Yeah, now. Okay. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm actually going uh, inst- to install it from what I understand uh, correctly, because it needs to be forward at an angle, so that whenever you go off road and or anytime you're articulating, whether it be at the mall or you know whatever, uh, it it allows that leaf spring and rear axle to drop further. Didn't we talk about this? A couple shows ago? Never. We've never discussed this before. No, about the angle and... <laughs> yeah, we have. I don't think yeah, we're talking we, there, about this There was one. a discussion at one point, or somebody had called in at one point about shackle angles uh, and stuff like that. It might have been something that we covered. I, if, if it was, it was a little bit, a little while back. So, anyway, I'm going to be trying to do that. I've been needing to do that, and uh, now I have a, a good reason to do it. And hopefully, it will fit. <clears throat> and uh, any good man worth his salt will make it fit. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I shouldn't. Uh, so well, I've that's what we do I'm, here. We're, we're very right? self-controlled. Yes, <laughs> Moving right along. So last week, uh, Tony uttered the words, Houston, we have a problem. And, uh, and indeed, I, I do have a problem. I, I post up a video on YouTube, and if you guys want to check it out, uh, I cover the... Uh, from before I even knew what was going to happen to pretty much where we're at right now, I recorded a video and and uh, um, and narrated the whole thing about basically what I found, um, what I discovered, and what happened when I started my Jeep for the first time in seven months after doing all this work to it that you guys have heard about over uh, over all the episodes. So the good news um, is it started. The good news is is it did start and it did run. Um, and uh, there was a couple of issues. The first one uh, was I was uh, slightly lisdexic in my firing order, uh, and I got the last two mixed up. Uh, so it's you know uh, one five three two four uh, five. I, I can't remember what it's it is off the top of my head. Anyways, um, I got the last two numbers superimposed. So um, uh, once I fixed that, um, there there was the very prevalent problem of as soon as the Jeep starts, which happens almost immediately, uh, it will redline. Instantly, and and uh, in my video, you can see at a point in time with the engine running, um, I cover the throttle body opening, uh, essentially blocking off any air that any supposedly blocking off any air that would be going into the engine at that point, unless there was a massive vacuum leak and the engine was pulling air from somewhere else, thus enabling it to stay running because it is an internal combustion engine and. In, or to have combustion, you need to have two things. Well, three things. Air, fuel, and a spark to ignite it. And the internal um, part. Yeah. Well, um, I, I've got a lot of air, a lot more than I should. So when I blocked <laughs> off the throttle body, uh, the engine stayed running and, in fact, didn't change RPMs all that much. Uh, and uh, and it, it, is, it is very loud. It is very scary. <laughs> but what I, what I noticed through the whole thing is, boy, the thing uh, has got an awesome idle. Uh, or an, uh, an awesome uh, power curve to it. Um, the, the the engine is running extremely smooth. 
and that is uh, that has me very very happy. So um, I can't wait to to fix this up. There there could be a number of issues going on. One, I mean, I know that the that the, my vacuum leak is stemming from the exhaust manifold not being um, the exhaust and or the intake manifold not being flush up against the block, and uh, and that's drawing air in through. I can actually get a feeler gauge in between them. Um, and in between them and the block, and uh, and that's not a good thing. So that's where I know my problem is. Now, why is that problem there? Uh, it could be the dowel pins, the locating dowels, um, and there could be debris inside the recesses where those are at uh, that's not allowing it to seat properly. It could be uh, any number of factors. Um, one of the things that I'm w most worried about, though, uh, is I'm working with a repaired header, uh, a header that's been welded on. And that... Um, when you weld on metal, it distorts, it pulls, it, it, it moves around a little bit. And I'm worried that the, the heat that was applied over the process of the welding the different leaks um, has warped the, the mounting flange of the header. And that uh, I'm, I'm fighting an uphill battle here. I'm never going to get it to seal. So uh, what's going to happen from here is going to be a couple things. I'm going to try to just loosen things up and then retorque it down, you know, kind of give it a little bit of a shift and shimmy and see if I can get it to seat properly, uh, and then and then try this all over again. Uh, and if it if that doesn't work, then it's going to be a complete removal, and um, I basically go back to square one. At that point, uh, I'm going to re-examine the, uh, the the gasket, uh, and I'm going to take a look uh, take a look at the um, the flatness of that mounting flange. And worst case scenario, I'm going to have to replace the header. I do have the original OEM exhaust manifold still in the garage it too though has been welded on so i may try that to see if it works but i really want to stay aftermarket with everything else i've done to this thing mm -hmm. i really don't want to take a step back and go to a a lesser flowing exhaust manifold by putting the the oem one back on so um what i'm going to do i don't know i'm definitely going to be doing some troubleshooting definitely going to be doing some wrench turning this weekend uh, and I will definitely be letting you guys know what happens from here. So if you guys want to check out the, uh, the video, uh, we will be posting up a link. Um, but if you want to search for it on your own, you can just go to youtube.com and search for, uh, starting Jeep first time in seven months, something along those lines. And you'll find the video uh, on my channel. So it's not on the Jeep talk show channel. Uh, I did create it through the YouTube's video creator. So, um, all the videos and everything were on my account. Thusly, it all had to go onto uh, onto my channel. So, um, but that being said, this is going to be wrapping up very soon. I hope. Well, you're really uh, close. I am very, very close. So, uh, and, and once uh, this is done, then I can move on to some of the other things that are on my list. Now, I know it's an uphill battle, but with a 5K idle, you should be able to make it up that hill yeah, very right? easily. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, uh, Josh and I uh, chatted a little bit about this, and um, uh, based on what he was saying about the, uh, he couldn't get the uh, the downpipe connected to the header with the header and intake tight on the head. Right. He, he had to put it on, then tighten that down. Uh, I think that's uh, no. That's, actually, I I I put it on, and then I mean, I I put the the intake manifold and the and the header on, uh, torqued everything down to spec, and then tried to put my exhaust pipe on, uh, and that's when I noticed that things didn't line up the way they did before. And and you had to loosen up the the header and no, I didn't. I I just I I actually started loosening up exhaust uh, hangers and stuff like that, oh, trying okay. to get it. Well, and, then and really, it's not in the position that I would like it to. Um, the there is like 98% of that little lead donut um, that, you know, is the mating donut between the downpipe and the, uh, 
um, in the the, uh, the collector point at right. the at the header. Um, there's like 98% of it showing on one side. I mean, there is just it is just barely sealing on the on the uh, on the driver's edge. Okay, well, so, I'm, at, I'm at a loss then. I mean, of course, we didn't talk about it. We were just chatting, and I was thinking what happened was is that to get that on there, you had the you had to loosen up the the bolts uh, for the header and the intake, which was obvious to me that it was holding it back away from the from the head, and that's where your where your leak was coming from. I was just going to suggest, and and you know, maybe this is good for some of you guys that uh, have a different situation, uh, or maybe the situation I'm describing here. Uh, take the take the down tube off and then uh, tighten up those bolts and you know the see if they problem see if they that, tighten. The problem with that is is my downpipe is um, is custom made. I had the original one cut out of it and because uh, it has a it has a slight indent right above the bung for the O2 sensor mm-hmm. and um, I got rid of that restriction uh, right. in in my downpipe to create a more higher flowing exhaust system while keeping the two and a quarter inch. Uh, diameter for the torque curve to stay where it's supposed to be mm-hmm. uh, and keep the back pressure where it's supposed to be. So um, so my downpipe, I've actually thought about removing that custom one and putting in like a flexible one or something like that. Uh, oh, I yeah. don't like those uh, because yeah, don't they don't you. last right. very long. So yeah, it's not not really the direction I want to go. Uh, by the way, and this might be good for, for any of you guys that are don't like that little indentation there that is put there by the factory, by the way. It um, is there. Uh, you can buy a, a new downpipe from Amazon, and it seems like it was less than 50 bucks, and it does not have the indentation in it. So you can just, uh, it's the piece that goes all the way back to the uh, catalytic converter. And there's a, uh, uh, the aftermarket uh, brand Pace Setter, I think, has a kit for the four liters for the Cherokees or for the uh, TJs that is a two piece. Uh, header that has a uh, obviously the the exhaust manifold itself as well as a custom downpipe to uh, to mount up with the cat back system. So anyway, uh, I was just going to suggest uh, drop that downpipe, uh, tighten up those bolts, and see if it anything is uh, loose at that point. And then if it is, then you found your leak. Uh, yeah. But if you torqued, it I down, wish it was going to be that easy. <laughs> if you torqued, it, if you torqued it down to spec, uh, yeah. you're, you're taking that stuff off, Bubba. That's just uh, there's all the, that's all all there is it. to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna try the loosen and shimmy and and retorque uh, first because that's gonna sure. be the easiest, most simple. And hey, if it fixes the problem, great. Um, but if not, then yeah, it's gonna be a full R and R. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the other thing I was going to suggest, uh, and I think I did suggest, put your other, um, your original um, throttle body on there because you're talking, you're looking at thirty minutes to to yeah. uh, swap sensors and and just pop cables and put it on there and make sure it's not a design issue because uh, you did bore out that throttle body and that uh, uh, single butterfly wing is uh, something that was custom made and. I, it looks fine. It should work perfectly, but yeah, and and really with my hand over the top of the throttle body with the engine running and it still ran. I mean, if if it was a butterfly valve issue or something like that, it, it you know it was definitely sucking air through the throttle body. There's no doubt about it. Right, but it had um, to it be sucking my hand right down else. on top of it very quickly. But I made a seal, and the engine should have dropped in RPM significantly, and they didn't. Yeah, uh, and and that told me that you know the engine's getting there somewhere else. Well, you'll find it and you'll let us know. Oh yeah, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be something interesting, I'm sure. So, Tammy, what is up with you? You're having well, power problems, I see. I'm having what? Power problems. I'm having power problems. <laughs> yes, AC/DC I am. Is what he's talking about. It's the <laughs> alternating current or direct um, current. <laughs> well, I have good news and bad news. Um, the good news is I'm going to be on the show Thursday next Thursday night. 
the bad news right. is Cody won't be. Cody was. I called Cody and asked him if he would um, take my place next Thursday night because I had tickets to the ACDC concert. And they were number 36 on my 50 before 50 list because I they are my all-time favorite band and I have never seen them live. And Wednesday they announced they're canceling the rest of the U.S. tours. So maybe it is bad news that Cody's not going to be here and I'm going to be here. I don't know. But anyway, their lead singer is having um, some hearing loss issues so uh -huh. i don't think yeah they said ever... he's almost uh, completely deaf and yep. uh if he's if he tries to do finish off this tour uh one he's probably not likely going to finish but two if he does he won't be able to hear anything ever again. yeah so they were talking about finding a um a replacement singer and i'm like nah i won't be going to that <laughs> <laughs> what are they gonna bring so, celine dion out on <laughs> yeah <laughs> So um, I guess I'm going to have to find a new number 36 for my 50 before 50. Well, what about Freddie Mercury? the ham radio. Freddie Mercury would be a good replacement, I think. Yeah. Actually, you know, um, last weekend, my husband and I with um, some neighbor friends, we went to um, a cover band series downtown um, in Those Silver Spring. And the band Kiss, and you can see pictures of it up on my Facebook page. It's pretty funny. And ACDC cover bands, these old men. <laughs> dressed up as kiss it was hysterical anyway so the the, the singer of this cover band that did acdc did sound really good but so that's as close as i'm gonna get but anyway i'm hoping the weather is warm this weekend it was too cold last weekend for me to finish up my simple easy jeep project um purpleizing the interior of my jeep so i'm hoping to finish that up this weekend put on my this one's gonna be a hard install i'm just not sure but anyway the, the Jeep cover and do some lift um, research. So what's the uh, deal with people getting things that have the name brand of the vehicle on the thing they're adding, whether it be a sticker or that headrest thing that you're showing? Do you not know you have a Jeep? Do you think people don't know that it's a Jeep? You know, I have a steering wheel cover. That I saw I got that. For Chris, but yeah. yeah. And actually, I the steering wheel cover works great because when I take my – you know, pictures for Instagram, my social media pictures. You yeah. can see Jeep in the. Um, for this, I don't know. I just I love Jeep, so everything's gonna say but Jeep. You, but I you don't see know. what I'm saying? It's like seeing yeah. a Camaro driving around, right? And they've stuck Camaro on the side right. of the vehicle, and I'm like, or Mustang or whatever. It's like, oh, I'm thank you. I did not know that's what that was. <laughs> and have it on the steering wheel is great if you're on meds. You know, or or you're uh, the early stages of dementia, and you're you know you're that way you can go. Okay, I'm driving the Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> Wee. All right. Well, let's get over to Wheeling Where the pig says. Uh, wheeling Where? Where are we Wheeling? <laughs> well, we are going to be in Ventura County. Well, not we specifically, but uh, other Jeepers will be for the Ventura County Off Road Show happening uh, April 9th and April 10th, of course, in Ventura, California. For more information, go to VenturaCountyOffRoadShow.com. Also, we uh, have talked about this for several years. The Mid-Florida Jeep Club is presenting the 13th annual Jeep Beach. This, uh, this awesome five-day event goes from April 19th through the 24th. They've got obstacle courses, parades that everybody gets to drive in, huge raffles, vendors, and much, much more. If you want to see Daytona Beach, Florida, packed full with literally thousands and thousands of jeeps and jeepers and jeep enthusiasts oh my goodness just check out some google image searches of, of uh, jeep beach 2015 
going to blow you away. For more information, head to jeepbeach.com. Don't forget Jeep Junkies wherever you guys are wheeling. If you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good a condition as they were before we got there, if not better. Remember to always tread lightly if you know, stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you guys are not supposed to. That's it for this week, guys. If you have an event coming up in your area, let's get the word out. Whether it's a show and shine, a cruising, a club run, a fundraiser, or a giant event like the Easter Jeep Safari, let us know by sending us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Jeepers, we know you guys are making purchases all the time. We see it in our Amazon You Bought What every month. So the next time you guys order something for your Jeep, ask the business if they know about the Jeep Talk Show. If they're buying a product or service from that vendor because of a review or discussion you heard here on the show, let them know. If they haven't already heard about us yet, be sure and tell them about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. Who knows? It might even lead to a future exclusive Jeep Talk Show discount code. Don't forget to go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon before you make any of your Amazon purchases. And you might hear your uh, purchase on Amazon You Bought What, a little segment that we do. And also, too, it helps the show get a few cents for every purchase that you make. So make sure that you take the time to go over and like our Facebook page. Uh, you know, pretty much anything you, you want to go in, go to Instagram, Tumblr, whatever. Just whatever the blah, blah, blah dot com is slash jeeptalkshow. We right. are on the Twitter, so we would really like to hear from you. Uh, as uh, we saw lots of our reviews from Twitter tonight at Jeep Talk Show, uh, put the hashtag Jeep Talk Show on every post you make, especially the naked ones. Oh boy. Uh, don't ask me why, just do it. Anyway, <laughs> you can uh, listen to us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, tunein.com, and uh, even on YouTube. I don't know why you'd want to watch an hour and a half video, but you can. So if you like the show, help us out and make sure you tell a friend. Let me, let me say that again. Like the show, hate the show, I don't care. Help us out and be sure and tell a friend. Don't forget, you can be the part of the show as well. There's always a fourth seat open. It could be you. <laughs> hey, and don't forget to check out my blog at www.cheapmamamomma.com. And if you guys have an off-road product or uh, something you guys would like us to review, by all means, you can always send that product info into info at jeeptalkshow.com. And if you would like me to personally voice your product or your service, by all means, you can check me out at thevoiceofjosh.com. Yep, yep. And uh, computer problems, uh, as long as it's not Mac-related, just go over to mucks.com, M-U-C-C-S, Muckleroy Computer Consulting Services. You guys have a great Jeep week. What Jeep everyone. Talk Show is intended for entertainment purposes only. Use as directed. In relation to actual information, real Jeeps or persons living or dead are purely coincidental. The Jeep Talk Show is not responsible for lost or stolen items, and some assembly is required. For a full list of restrictions and contest rules, see store for details. Batteries not included. The Jeep Talk Show is for external use only. Contents under pressure. Side effects may include vertigo, uncontrollable laughter, or greasy discharge and false kung fu powers. The Jeep Talk Show and its contents are known to cause cancer in the state of California. It is probably not a federal law to use this product in a manner inconsistent with its labeling. The Jeep Talk Show may be a choking hazard. Keep out of reach of small children. All safety precautions must be observed when using the Jeep Talk Show. If you feel you've reached this recording in error, please hang up and try your call again.